Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Poison Root, Chapter 9, Mayor Richardson. Trip awoke. It was warm, dark, too warm suddenly. He took a deep breath, stale sweat and worse filling his nostrils. He was suffocating, buried under a pile of bodies, quiet breathing all around him. He let out a howl of fear, struggling against the weight of so many people on top of him. Muffled sounds from outside, then blinding light coupled with an easing of the pressure. He squinted his eyes. Soon have you out of there, lad, a voice said. Victor's voice. As the big man lifted the still-living bodies of the villagers away, Tripp struggled up onto his elbows and looked around. A crumpled pile of brown hid a vaguely man-shaped lump. As his legs came free, Tripp stood up, leaning against the earthen wall. What happened? Killed it. Never seen aught like it before, though. Victor walked over to the lump and prodded it with one booted toe. Some sort of plant thing. Seems to have been controlling the villagers. When I killed it, they just collapsed. Onto me, Tripp said, then coughed hoarsely. Better than dead, Victor muttered. A groan came from the pile of villagers and Victor spun round, advancing with his sword out. Tripp got ready to run. Oh, my head, the voice said. It was a fat voice, and one Tripp recognised. Mayor Richardson, Victor said. Where am I? Victor sheathed his sword again. Under the church. What can you remember? The mayor took out a handkerchief and mopped his balding head. There was a harvest celebration. A messenger came from the church to speak to Father Liam. The man brushed himself down, raising clouds of dust. We went to the church for the celebration. I... I must have been taken ill. Tripp caught hold of Victor's hand and turned so that the mayor couldn't hear. Harvest? That was three weeks ago. Aye. Whatever's been going on here, it's been going for a while. They turned back to the man who was patting himself down. My clothes! They're ruined! Why are all these people on the floor here? Who are you, anyway? Victor sighed. I'm Victor John. This is... John. John John. Tripp opened his mouth to protest. Victor's hand clamped down on his shoulder, tight as a vice. Victor, as in... Yes. Ah, I remember you now. Suddenly wreathed in smiles, the man smoothed down his shirt. What brings you here? Well, Tain't exactly the time or place. Right now, let's get these people upstairs. You still got an office? Victor picked up the legs of the nearest villager. Why, certainly it's... Victor just looked at him, one eyebrow raised. Well, I... Mayor Richardson dithered for a moment. Mayor Richardson dithered for a moment, then sighed and picked the unconscious man up under the arms. The sun had been over the horizon for a long time as the mayor poured steaming water into three cups. Caruan tea! Imported from the capital, he said. Tripp took his cup and sniffed it. It was minty with a hint of lemon. He held it gingerly between his hands, the porcelain far thinner than anything they had used at the library. The mayor harumphed loudly and sat down. This tale you've told me, Victor, it's impossible to believe had I heard it from anyone else. You, of course, your reputation precedes you. Victor grunted. 
Trip tried to smother a yawn. True enough, though, that there was some correspondence here dating from various times over the last few weeks, the mayor went on, mostly asking about deliveries from our workers. Waving a sheaf of paper vaguely in the air, he took a sip of his tea. Most strange. Trip put his cup down on the desk. You said a messenger came from the church on the day of the harvest celebration. The mayor paused, then slowly placed his cup down on the desk. Yes, a tall fellow, cloaked, didn't want to talk to me, went to Father Liam's house. They talked for a while. We didn't see the poor father until the service that evening. He swallowed heavily. That service was the last thing I remember. Must have been the first time you all gave the tree blood, if you realised it or not. Victor said. The mayor nodded. This is beyond me, I'm afraid. Matters of religion and that strange plant creature you killed. It's imperative that word of this gets to the High Father at Fenneker. So send a hawk. Mr. John, of course I will be sending a hawk. But don't you think this needs some sort of human contact? Besides, so fantastic a story, would you believe it? No, this needs proof delivered there. Tripp, who had been trying not to burn his tongue on the tea, suddenly caught up with the conversation. Fenneker, but the High Father is in Rootholm. Young man, it seems that you're behind the times, much as we are. One of the pieces of correspondence I missed out on during our absence was a missive from the church sent at great expense, I would imagine, to every member of the church's staff. The big man flicked through the sheaf of papers, selected one and pulled it out. <clears throat> the Rootholm Sanctuary has been attacked by, uh, let's see, Gargorians. The High Father has relocated to the next largest church property, that being the church in Fenneker. He peered over the top of the paper at Trip. Gargorians? But no one lives in Gargoria, Trip said. Hmm. Change your plan, then, Victor rumbled. Taking you to Fenneker. It's nearer, anyway. The mayor shuffled to his feet and began to walk around the table, hands behind his back. The authorities are unlikely to believe such a wild tale, even one backed up by messenger hawk correspondence. He stopped and placed his hands on the back of his chair. Here's what I propose. I give you a small sack of, shall we say, samples. Take them to the High Father and take your words. Convince them that we need aid, monetary aid. Tell them to send money. He wandered back around to his chair and sat down. Now, look here. Victor stood up, hands flat on the desk. I don't just work for nothing, you know. Besides, I've already got a job. Trip yawned again and stood up next to Victor. We can't just forget about all this, though, Victor. Look, why don't we take the evidence at least as far as Fenneker? You're carrying it, then, Victor replied, and turned to leave. This is all wrong, Victor, Trip said, raising his voice. The library, your house, the thing that attacked us. Those were bad enough, but now it's the trees themselves being corrupted. All right, ain't much we can do about it, boy, Victor said. Leastways, not now. Look out for ourselves. So what's got me where I am? Can't we at least rest today? Trip asked. I don't see why not. I take it the rooms are free. He left the question hanging in the air, his back to the room. I, uh, I suppose I can have a word with the barkeep, the mayor said. Victor nodded once and left, the door banging behind him. Trip looked at the mayor, who raised an eyebrow, and pointed at the burlap sack in the corner. A few twigs were poking out of the top, and one long tendril that looked disturbingly like a human hand made entirely of wood. All yours, young man, the mayor said, smiling apologetically. Most of the villagers waved as they passed the next morning, Trip staggering under the weight of both Victor's bag and the sack. 
Victor kept the pace up, not returning any of the greetings. They mobbed Trip instead, pouring at him in a way that reminded him of the attackers last night. Thank you, young one, for your help. Oh, really? No need to worry. I'm glad you're... Young man, you're a credit to your order. Why, thank you, sir. I... Please, young man, take this small amount of food as thanks. No, thank you. We didn't do it for that. Finally struggling out of the growing crowd, Trip saw that Victor was already a good distance down the road. Groaning, he adjusted the bag straps and tried to pick the pace up. The sun was especially hot, beating down mercilessly. A couple of hours down the road was enough to make his habit chafe, and the straps of the bag rub raw spots on his shoulders. He kept his head down, focusing on putting one foot in front of the other. We'll never get anywhere like this, lad. Trip looked up, heat-fueled anger fighting with his urge to act like a grown-up. Victor was leaning nonchalantly against a fence post, chewing on a piece of grass. Trip sighed and dumped the bags onto the floor. I can't do it. I can't carry them both. All of it, it's too heavy. He slumped to the ground, all strength suddenly gone, as if the admission had robbed him of his last energy. Didn't you get a good night's sleep last night, like I said? Trip's mind flashed through a few images of the ceiling of the room they had shared, the floor cold against his back, the old man snoring reverberating around the night air. Yes? Victor sighed and tutted. Give it here, then, if you're not up to the task. Without any further argument, Trip passed him the sack. Victor took it, opening it as he did so. Reckon we can do without all this. Here. Victor pulled several sap-covered body parts out of the bag and took his sword out. Hold this. With a quick slice, he cut off the hand-shaped tendril hanging over the brim. No, Trip realised, the actual hand of Father Liam, and passed it to the boy. Trying to keep down the rising nausea, Trip took it. I'll just get rid of this, Victor muttered, taking the sack behind a nearby tree. Trip couldn't take his eyes from the stump of the hand. A large droplet of sap was forming there, growing in size. It dripped onto his exposed leg. Trip let out a cry and dropped the hand, scuttling away backwards. The hand bounced towards him as if pulled on a string. Victor was back in sight within a second. Boy, you all right? Struck dumb with fear and revulsion, Trip could only nod. Victor sighed and lowered his sword. He went back behind the tree and brought the sack, now significantly smaller, back out. Gently he reached down and took the severed hand, placing it in the sack. Next town's a few days' march, lad. Reckon I can carry this till there. Trip felt his heart begin to slow slightly, and he licked his dry lips. Thank you, he said, getting up. Victor nodded and turned back onto the path. Without another word of complaint, Trip picked Victor's pack up. It was, he thought, by far the lesser of two evils.